Hey Slingers, welcome to another Friday of the Word Slinger Podcast. It's a new week, new format. Uh, if you didn't hear uh, Wednesday's episode, go go back. Go back. You've come too far. Uh, but I've got a great interview today with Michael Bunker, so stick around. We're going to get to that next. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand. Write your book. Redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Well, I am Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger, and uh, this is indeed another uh, Friday, special Friday episode. Uh, Fridays are my interview episodes now. So <laughs> I don't know how long this uh, this will last, um, but so far I'm kind of digging it. It's not actually that much more work to produce two episodes, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of run with this for a while, see what happens. So uh, today I am chatting with Michael Bunker, good friend of mine. Really love this guy. Uh, he was on the show back way back in episode 98. So if you want to hear that episode, you're gonna go hop over to wordslingerpodcast.com. There's a little search box on the right-hand side. If you kind of scroll down a little, there's like my archives. And you can search for uh, Michael Bunker in that, and it'll bring up, uh, interestingly enough, it's going to bring up probably this episode and now and uh, episode 98 and an, an interview with uh, Mr. Monk, <laughs> John Monk. Um, all great interviews, but go check that out because um, it was an interesting interview last time. But this time we are talking about his uh, the film film deal that he got w- for his book um, Pennsylvania, which is as I described it in an interview, it is uh, Witness meets The Martian. <laughs> so it's about an, an Amish guy in space, um, and uh, he's he's landed a great deal, a uh, great movie deal for it. Great producer attached, still in the early stages of production, but it's been announced for 2020, so that's very encouraging. Um, and it's just been uh, kind of interesting to watch that unfold. So we got to we got a chance to talk to Michael about that uh, and some other things. He and I are also uh, making a little announcement in this episode. So you're gonna listen. You're gonna listen through to the end for that. And uh, why wait? Let's let's jump right in. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Michael Bunker and stick around after uh, for whatever I have to say. It's a whole new world. Who knows what I'm going to say afterwards. So I'll see you on the other side. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another week of the Word Slinger podcast. Uh, today, I got a very special guest. This is, uh, this is a guy who's become a, a really good friend of mine. I don't know how he feels about this. He's become a really good friend of mine uh, going his way. He's actually a former guest on the show. If, you'll, if you roll back way back to Word Slinger podcast episode 98, what would Michael Bunker do? <laughs> That's right. I love having return guests, man. So welcome, Michael Bunker. We're going to find out exactly what you did uh, in the intervening years, man. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome man. back. Kevin, I am so happy to be back. Nine, yeah. Episode 98, man. That was back in the day. That was, that was old school. That's nearly 100 episodes ago. Wow. It may be 100 episodes ago by the time this goes, uh, goes live. So... Well, you know, be my centennial guest. 
That's right. Well, <laughs> I, I have a I have a a record of uh, of trying to double the audience. Yes. So if I did that in '98, then I have to double that audience. It's going to be huge. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have four listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do four. I'm gonna be able to do three. No, no, yeah. Let's not push things. <laughs> let's keep let's keep this within the realm of possibility. That's right. Uh, man, you've had some exciting stuff happening since since the last time. I mean, last time uh, we talked about your work. We talked about um, you know the stuff you had going on at the time. Uh, I think you were pushing uh, Hell in the Sea uh, over practically everything. So uh, how'd that turn out? It still hasn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm three, three chapters for being done, and and what happened with that one was, um, uh, as part of that story, uh, I, I had not been to New Orleans since uh, 2001, so I hadn't even been there since Katrina, and so yeah. then I had to arrange this past October to go to New Orleans so I could take a bunch of notes. So I now have everything ready. That's cool. But All right. That happened. The stuff we're going to talk about, a lot of other stuff started happening. So. We should jump. We're going to jump right to uh, the the juicy bits uh, because you've had some really good news uh, on the on side of uh, I don't know how to refer to this adaptation. We'll say uh, right. for one of your books. What, so your your book Pennsylvania is now being uh, it's on it's slated for twenty twenty according to IMDb. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And turned into a film. What can you tell us, man? What can you tell us about that? motion picture? Um, yeah, so we, we sold a, uh, an option, a uh, film option for Pennsylvania in November of 2015, which uh, seems like forever ago. And yeah. It's a very, very long, slow, torturous uh, process about which I will one day write a book. Uh, but uh, so that was in 2015, and there's been a lot of fits and starts. At one time, I was writing the screenplay for the book, and then I wrote a TV pilot uh, script. I was uh, fired. All of these are uh, we'll get into, but I, I was fired as the screenwriter, and which was a good good news too. And then um, uh, one of the things you learn in, in this whole process of of making a novel into a film is you learn a lot about Hollywood. And I have learned more. See, I, I say I watched some uh, Roger Altman films and things and I thought I knew something yeah. about Hollywood, but it's it's crazier than you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've learned so much about it. But one of the things is, is that nobody does anything that isn't contingent. And yeah. so if you can imagine if you went down to buy a car and instead of the credit check or whatever, they just said, hey, we would love to sell you this car, but we're going to need um, to have somebody that has four roses in their front yard right now. And so as soon as you can prove that to us, so you go to, you find, you drive around, you find someone that's got four roses in their yard. Right. And I take a picture of these four roses and they're like, would love to let you do that. But I tell you what, uh, if you can find us somebody that will, uh, allow us to dump uh, four, four tons of gravel into their driveway. So it's, it's this big, long circle that just, and it's like uh, musical chairs. Yeah. And so um, everybody's excited. Everybody wants to do the project, but nobody wants to ever do anything that's not contended. So, yeah. uh, uh, so that, that goes on for three and a half years. And you're just looking for that one person anywhere in the supply chain that'll go, oh yeah, 
let's just do that. So, uh, uh, so that finally, that step finally happened uh, in uh, April of this year, where we actually had um, Patrick Topolis, the uh, world famous production designer, did production design for the 300 uh, Stargate. Um, I think going back special effects for Independence Day. He did uh, uh, Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. Yeah. I tell you what, you could just go down the list. Uh, <laughs> my daughter was babysitting and they had the big TV, you know, up on the, on the wall and, and they had the apps where you could go through all the movies. And right. there, was, there was the panel of movies and, and just what happened to show up there, he had done like 12 of 24 of the yeah. movies that were as, as either production designer or director. Right. That, that, that quality. So he was the first one that just got passionate about it and jumped into the project. And that really got things uh, boiling here in the last month and a half. So uh, we've got a script that is, should be finished in the next week or two. I, I'm looking forward to reading the finished script. I read some early versions of the script. Yeah. And uh, they are attaching actors uh, as we speak. And yeah, I was telling you before the call that uh, I keep refreshing IMDb to see see who's if anybody gets attached to this and i have an alert i said because i have imdb pro right so i set an alert on your movie right so that anytime there was an update i would get an update the uh the the thing about the uh, attaching just attaching in general so whether it's attaching a director or attaching an actor is that um it's, it's that whole thing that everything goes contingent so mm -hmm. say hey i love the script I love this. I want to do this project. Who else do you have attached? Right. So, uh, get 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 somebody else that's of this level or whatever, a list actor, and then I'll I'll be I would love to do it. Right. So it, it's it's always that. And so the other day, the producer met with uh, some financiers. This was just like two days ago. She just got back from Cannes, or Ken, however you say it, a city in France where they have the movies. And uh, she she said, you know, I'm meeting with these financial people who have produced, have financed the last two movies we did. Yeah. So um, I'm going to meet with them. We're going to talk about Pennsylvania. So she talked with them and they had read an earlier version of the script and they said, Oh, we love it. We want to do it. Um, we just want to see the final version of the script and we're, we're on board. So now you got, <laughs> there's, a, there's yeah. this one more contingent thing. Well, in the meantime, you know, you're sending this script off to actors, right? And, and you're, you're hoping they'll commit. So there, there never is a final script, right? That just yeah. the one that's the final script is the one that gets made that's in the can, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. It's not even <laughs> final while they're shooting. Like, yeah, yeah. They change it pages, right up and pages coming out while while they're shooting. Yeah, they'll uh, do reshoots after the edit is finished. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's really it's really frustrating <laughs> for yeah, storytellers, it, <laughs> and and, um, it, and it stretches beyond that. So. You know, so how do you feel about it though? Are you are do you are you nervous at all that they're gonna? Because one of my big hangouts, so everybody always asks me, do you want? Would you be excited about a film, you know, based on one of your books? And I, and the answer is yes, or yes and no. Because I've right. been in film and TV, I I know that things can go sideways, and I, there there's always that scenario like, the, I call it the bonfire of the vanities scenario. We had a number one best selling book everybody loved but then the movie was horrible and now the book is radioactive 
Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, do you worry about anything like that? I don't. Um, mainly just because I, uh, I guess when you, uh, uh, I, when you're when, when you're a writer, or at least me, I'm going to talk speak about me. Uh, I'm always I'm always on to the next thing. So you know, yeah. after Pennsylvania was done, I, uh, I knew that I was going to write a sequel to it. But intellectually and mentally, I'd moved on to other books. Yeah. And so you know, when this this uh, I wrote uh, the book was published in April. 2014 they bought the um the option in november 2015 so i had really moved on and started working on other projects so uh it's almost like a dream world where someone says oh well what if the movie comes out and it's horrible and then they hate the book well you know i, I guess i'll just go write another book it's uh, <laughs> worst worst things can happen you know uh, luckily the the people never remember who the author was for the for the book that the movie was based on. Yeah, and if this was uh, if this was a uh, To Kill a Mockingbird level success story as far as the book, I would I would probably be a lot more nervous. Yeah. I mean, it was very successful. The book sold a hundred thousand copies, which was pretty good. Yeah, but it was not uh, it was not To Kill a Mockingbird. So um, I don't think they're going to be talking about this book. Maybe talk about the movies, maybe. Uh, yeah. 50 years from now, but I don't think anybody's going to be saying, oh, I don't think they're going to be reading me in the ninth grade. Uh, hey, you never know, man. Well, maybe not that. Well, hopefully, hopefully a different one. <laughs> if they have kids reading The Giver, so oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll read that, which I like, by the way, but I mean, you know, it's, it does kind of, there's, there's an opportunity there, I think. For, yeah, I think uh, I, I've learned so much. Um, I may have told you you personally this story before, but in 2013, I went to Worldcon. Yeah. And uh, one of the panels that I went to go see was, um, and this was before Pennsylvania even came out. One of the panels I went to see was how to sell your uh, your novel to Hollywood, or how to sell an how to sell an option on your novel. I think was the name of the panel. And so it, it was pretty packed. And uh, the, the panel, I think there were six or seven. Panelist, and one of them was the lady who wrote the uh, books that became the uh, the vampire Southern Vampire series that was on HBO. Oh yeah, the True Blood. Uh, True Blood, uh, right? And Snooky Snooky Snack Stackhouse. Yeah, Stackhouse. Yeah. yeah. And so um, she was on there, and she's the one I remember. But they, everybody on the panel had sold an option at some point, or several. Some one guy I think had sold uh, twelve options, and they had not had a picture or a TV show made yet. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I remember sitting back in the room and there was uh, it, there was this like feeling, there was like a spirit in the room. These people were like, we're going to get the secret. Yeah. The secret of how you sell an option on your novel. And so they started off and they started going down the panel and everybody, they were like, okay, how did the, uh, whoever bought the option, how did they find out about your book? And so they each told their story. Well, each one of the stories is almost identical to mine. Right. It was like uh, they're they're all there's something different about all of them, but like in the one with the 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 vampire stories, the the director had gone to get his haircut in Hollywood somewhere, and uh, they said it's going to be 45 minutes before we can get you in. So he walked down the road a little bit. There was a bookstore. He walks in. There's the book. It's face out on the on the the, the shelf. He looks at. It, he's like it's interesting. He calls his agent or somebody and says, see if the option's available. Bam, she sells an option. And uh, so, so I, the, the spirit kind of murmurs in the, in the room. And then the next guy's like, yeah, um, you know, uh, somebody sent my book to somebody and their cousin 
got it and their second cousin was a assistant PA on a film or something. And so it was this torturous route that the book went. And, uh, so the, the, the bottom line was that there was some level of what they call luck. Yeah. And, and you know, nobody was just like, Oh, well, I just sent my book to uh, this uh, instant company that punched a button and then they sold it. You know, that's the how the people want to know, how do I do it? And so yeah. uh, and people were getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And these people were standing up along. We don't want to hear luck stories. We want to hear how do we sell an op? That's the name of it. And this one guy goes, well, you know, yes, there's some what you call luck involved. But um, that lady's book was in that bookstore. Right. And it was it was face out on the shelf. That's not luck. You know, that uh, certainly that's a part of it. But, you know, in, in my story with Pennsylvania, uh, she she this was um, uh, November 2015. So go back a month. She was getting on a plane to fly somewhere and she said, you know, I'm, I'm going to look for options that are available. I think at that time, probably wool had just sold or one of those, uh, Matthew Mather or somebody had just, maybe uh, A.G. Riddle, somebody, maybe it was wool had just sold an option. And so she was thinking indie sci-fi, let's find out what's hot. She went to Amazon. She looked in and, and Pennsylvania was number three on Amazon sci-fi. And so she, she read it on the plane. She loved the book. She wrote me a little card. It was like a, like a, almost like a, a I don't know what you call it. It was just a little card. And it said, uh, I guess she thought I was like hardcore Amish. And she was like, I don't even know if you'll get this or if you have the ability to contact anybody or anything. But, uh, if you, if you have the technology to respond, I would like to know if the option is available on this book. And of course I had an agent, uh, at that time and I just took the card and I took my phone and took a picture of the card and immediately sent it to my agent. And he called her and we ended up selling, selling the option. But, uh, you know, so someone could say, well, you know, this producer just happened to come across, but you know, there was number three on yeah. all of Amazon. And yeah. so, you know, that's not that it, it wasn't just, uh, yeah, I didn't fall over into a no, hole. You did all the work you did was in advance. Like you I, did the work of getting it in that position where sure. she would be able to find it. Yeah, and, and so th there may have been thousands and thousands of people before and since then who have been number three on Amazon at that at any particular time that that didn't yeah. happen to. But right. you know, that's how it happened. And so, I mean, at one point I had a number one book on Amazon and I didn't get a movie deal out of it. So it's not, there is still going to be a component of luck. Well, yeah. It's, <laughs> and that's never not going to be there. And there's also, if there was a, uh, if there was like three steps, if, if Kevin Tomlinson can write the three steps to get your book sold as an option, mm -hmm. everybody would do it tomorrow. Yeah. Everybody would sell an option and those would be worthless. Yeah. You all all the sure. rules would change. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like you can't make all those movies, and they're not going to. And uh, so there, there is no easy button. It's just, it's just what happened. And right. So, it, but it's been, a, it's been a, uh, 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 you know, I think I started off jaded and cynical. I think I started off kind of knowing what was going on, what Hollywood might do to it. The first mm -hmm. couple of drafts, um, especially, so I was writing the original script. And pretty early on, it, it went kind of uh, away from the book. Um, yeah. 
And so they had hired a, uh, a script doctor who started making some suggestions that were interesting. It was an interesting story. And so like Jim Butcher says, it was kind of like an alternate universe version of my book. Yeah. yeah but I still liked it. I liked the story, but it really wasn't the book. Did, then, did your book ever at any time get, get uh, called out as being witness meets the Martian? Cause that's how I'm describing it. That's fantastic. <laughs> I have uh, almost everybody use witness. Yeah. Because it's the only Amish movie we know. Right, right, and, and, and it's the best one so far. And it's the best yeah. one so far, yeah. No, we. I think I've heard uh, Witness uh, meets Star Wars and um, Witness meets a few other ones, but I think that's actually uh, fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was like um, I, I was writing the first script, and it, it went south pretty fast. Uh, I mean, it, it was basically a, an alternate version. And then um, when I when I got fired as a screenplay writer, and I say that a little bit, jokingly um the, the way they fire you is they when you're the author is they they contact you and they're like we have great news you're not gonna have to write this script no, no the great <laughs> news the great news is is that the process is going forward yeah because the the that's the only thing you really know during the this three years that i've gone through where where as long as it's moving as long as something yeah. what you don't want is a two three month window where nobody says anything because that's generally where it just dropped off everybody's radar. Right. Right. So, you know, so her point was, um, Hey, great news. Um, this thing's moving forward. And, and it was this contingency thing where she was, she was talking at that time. I don't, I don't know if I might be able to mention his name. Probably not. Uh, there was a, a big name director at that time that was very, very interested and had gone through several readings and, and, um, had said, you know, uh, I think I want to, I might want to do this, but I would like to have a big name or a well-known name or a professional screenwriter write the screen. So it was more about the name. And so that's what she's like, you know, in order for this thing to take the next step, we're going to, we're going to go get a screenwriter. And so, so that's when I was kind of, uh, I was kind of fired, but it was a good news. It was a good, the good news is that the thing was moving forward. And then uh, he ended up, uh, after, I don't know, it was months that we pretty, were pretty sure he was going to attach. He ended up not doing it. Yeah. And so, which was, it turned out to be great. Uh, if I had to pick from anybody that I want to make this movie, uh, Patrick Totopoulos, the director, the one that I, I, I think his, his eye and his vision, even on, uh, uh movies that protect, perhaps aren't in my wheelhouse, you know, I'm yeah. not a big, I'm not a big, um, werewolves versus uh, a vampires guy. Yeah. But I watched that uh, Rise of the Lycans and um, he, he filmed a lot of it in New Zealand with the beautiful, I just, just cinematically fantastic. And I just think he's the perfect guy for it. So, and what happened then was they ended up hiring the current screenwriter, which is Ann Sagal. Sagal, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she um, uh, has award-winning, uh, and I've read uh, several of the, the scripts and, she, and and it's really really and, and she went directly back to the book so it's very 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 close to the book now which uh which kind of to me was another saving grace of the whole thing so i'm yeah. pretty excited about it right now where it is yeah i i, I mean well it's, it's generally going to be exciting anyway because it is sort of what you, when you start this business i mean we start writing books one of those things in the back of your head is this this might be a movie someday uh I kind of, I kind of got to a point where I didn't, that doesn't, 
it's not as exciting to me. The concept of it being a movie isn't as exciting to me anymore, mm-hmm. only because I wor- I've worked in film and TV. Right. But it is still a big, huge deal. It's still it's once- a big deal. And um, you know, to see, uh, I give you The Martian for example. Um, it's become a part of our, uh, our yes our culture. You know, it's it's part of the language. And in a way that books these days really don't don't really come around that way. Like you know, yeah. now you've got Mar- the Martian is a pop pop culture reference now. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been had it only been the novel. That's so, right. That's right. And I think you know, uh, nine times out of ten, if I meet somebody and I yeah. say, "Hey, uh, do you know about the Martian?" they're referring to the, to the movie. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, that type of thing is it's pretty it's pretty exciting. You know. Um, with with Pennsylvania, first of all, uh, everybody says, especially in Hollywood, you know, they say, you know, of course, everything's reboot, reboot. Everybody's, oh, but we're looking for this new fresh thing, right? We're looking for this newest, freshest thing. And so, I for years, I was like, I'm a sci-fi. How, how much newer can you get? Well, people don't realize this. And you <laughs> might have seen. I think you and I might have talked about it, but um, Witness came out, I think, in 1985. Yeah, and um, was made for $25 million. Yep. And I think it made $174 million in 1985, which be, would be a massive blockbuster today. Right. And they have not made a, a serious Amish um, film uh, uh, anywhere near that scale since 1985. And so to me, it seems like there's, there's, there's a lot of money on the table if somebody would go out there and actually capture that, capture that visual um, contrast. The, the contrast in, in the witness was between this uh, pacifistic, very beautiful, ordered Amish country and this ultra-violence and, and, and these scary men who do death. And, and so uh, with Pennsylvania, it's more like a contrast between that Amish plain, non-technological, uh, ordered society and the high technology of robots and drones, right? And all and you know interstellar uh, colonization, and so I, I just I think it's a magic combination for the cinema. Now you were you were mentioning that you know authors can go oh yeah I think everybody especially when they start they go oh yeah I would I would love to have my book made into a movie, and also you have readers. Right. Who, visual who read your books and they're like oh this would this would be a fantastic movie because they're able to see it visually right and now i have always uh even when i was just teaching i've always been a visual person so all of my books to me in my head are written to be a movie yeah and i don't know if that's what i can only know what's in my head i don't know how anybody else writes but right right. as a movie and and um and so that world of pennsylvania it has always been very cinematic to me in my head. So, you know, a lot of times, like when, when the screenwriter would uh, portray something early on, I would go, uh, that's not the way I saw it. Yeah. Not the way I saw it in my head. But then I think about it and sit back and read it. I'm like, wow, that's really, really good. That's, yeah. a, really, that's a really good image that I, it's not the way I saw it, but it's probably the way mo- most people might have seen it. You, you think you'll have any trouble, uh, if the screenwriter goes off into left field with it, will that give you any heartburn? 
I think I dealt with that early on. I think early on it would have, but I think I've dealt with it since then. Um, I think it was Hemingway that said, you know, the best thing you can do is drive to California with your book and throw it over the wall, mm -hmm. throw the money back over, take the money and go home. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite, uh, I, I've been blessed in that uh, Stacy Jorgensen, who is the producer. And, and I tell you what, without her, and I, I do want to give authors advice uh, on this. Without her, this thing would never be made. Yeah, it, it just uh, her uh, stick to itiveness, her passion for it from the very beginning. She has never um, even waned a little bit about the fact that one way or another she was going to get this movie made. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why it is where it is. Um, she she communicates that passion to everybody that she pitches the book to. She's pitched the book at uh, ACM, at uh, 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 Sundance, at Cannes. Uh, that she's pitched it at Sony and Lionsgate and, and you name it. And she's so passionate about it that she, you, you can't hardly really not pick up on that. Yeah. And the second thing is, is that she's kept me involved even on the minutia from the very beginning. You know, that's good. There's been, that's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> there's almost nothing that she hasn't uh, included me in uh, uh, even script uh, talk and things like that. Um, not that I have anything to do with who gets cast or anything like that, but she did. I sent her, uh, my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter wrote a casting list. Oh, okay. So I sent it to her and she's like, oh, these are fantastic. So, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it, that's the kind of thing she's, but she's always been willing to listen uh, if I've made suggestions. And, um, and, and, and most of the time, like you said, it's, it's not like that. So, that's, yeah. been, that's been great. I will say you have a much uh, better now you have a much better IMDB credit than I have because even on the stuff that I produced none of that stuff showed up on IMDB but I played I played gluttony one time in a uh, in a uh, anime film and now I'm marked with that forever <laughs> well I'll tell you what though with, <laughs> to be able to stretch like that uh, to a role so completely foreign to you <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. Sound <laughs> <laughs> of acting chops, right there. So uh, no, no, we're moving on. Uh, so, <laughs> so speaking of uh, all of projects, I mean, you and I are uh, we're kind of yeah. kicking something around. Uh, we we can't talk much about it, but no, uh, how exciting! About it all. Uh, very exciting. In fact, I uh, uh, I thought about doing something with you or wanting to do something with you for quite a while. And going back probably a year or so, and uh, I've had so many open projects. Yeah, I, I can I can work pretty quickly, and I can get stuff out. But it seems like uh, I've gotten kind of into some projects that have turned into my uh, winds of winter. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> at the same time, you know, uh, because of uh, Pennsylvania, particularly, but uh, some other things, some opportunities at Reservoir, at least doors are open to listen to some some things. And and so I had been thinking about a couple of different projects. I really like the, the genre that you work in. Uh, it's a little, it's, it's a little different from mine, but I really like it. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that you're able to write quality stuff as quickly as you do. And so, yeah, I, I, I uh, contacted you out of the blue not long ago oh, yeah. with an idea. And I think we're going to do something. I was, I was, I was pretty excited too. Um, and you know, and I told you this too, cause like I, I get people approach me about 
co-authoring and and co-creating things all the time and uh and there are some out there that i definitely 100 percent i am going to work with but uh you know there's always some reason why it can't get off the ground uh and and frankly a lot of times i i sort of stall and don't i drag my feet or whatever so that it'll it'll fall out because there are just some projects like the people i love the people but i can't see creating with them but uh i definitely think you and i are going to have a lot of fun with this one i'm I'm looking forward to it i would as much teasing as we can do yeah it'll be interesting i've done a lot of uh uh, co-writing projects and so i've written with uh, nick cole and kevin summers and yeah uh, chris a walt and a few other people and um and, and a lot of times those have been exciting and a lot of times those have been very, very uh, nerve wracking. Yeah. But I don't think that I've ever been paired with somebody that can pump out uh, stuff like you do. And like I do, but like I'm capable of doing. And yeah. It, I think, uh, and to have fun doing it would be. It's gonna be I think it will be fun. I worry, my big worry for us is that, because um, we're both going to want to not piss on each other a little or anything you know we're not we don't want to we don't want to step on each other's toes or you know whatever so that's what like when nick thacker and i first co-authored a a series together we were very cautious around each other and it and it kind of showed in the first book in the first couple of books and then you could tell we clicked and got it together and really cranked it out so i think uh you and i'll probably be like that i think we'll i think we're going to do just fine well, it's good when you can have uh, uh, two people that, like, I, I work with Nick Cole, who, yeah. uh, to me, is one, one of the best writers of our uh, generation as far as um, uh, being able to put out good quality content that's just yeah. fantastic writing. And yeah. uh, he was fun to work with because uh, we're both pretty pretty strong-headed and uh, uh, imaginative, imaginative guys, but he uh, he's on a whole other plane. Yeah coming up with stuff. So you don't, you'll never know what's coming up, coming in. Uh, and, and, and with the exception of that, he wanted to name almost every character, Tim. I think we had uh, the first draft he sent me, I think we had five Tims. Yeah. And so I, I given him a hard time. I messaged him and I said, Hey, this is great, Nick. I just wanted to mention that, uh, this is the fifth Tim that you've introduced into the story. He goes, well, name that one, Tom. Tom. <laughs> Draft, everyone's I, need to, I need to get Nick on this show. Oh, golly, you got I've threatened to a few times. I think I've even asked him, and he was tied up with something. But I need to get him on the show. You need to get him on there uh, for sure. He's he's yeah. not only funny and delightful, but uh, he's a he's a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I I'm not on Facebook as much anymore, but I was always tracking him on Facebook. We were yeah. kind of buddies. Uh, yeah. A little bit, not like me and you, but we, we were, you know, we we batted back and forth. I need to get him on. That'd yeah. be a fun one. Yeah. All right, man. Um, I mean, we're at time, which is unbelievable. It seems like I just pushed record a few seconds ago, but um, yeah. I am really excited about Pennsylvania. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Like I and I, I'm really surprised that it's got a 2020 re- uh, release date. I know that could change at any second, but. Uh, it shows some real optimism on the part of the people producing this thing. Absolutely. In fact, yeah, they, I told my wife, they don't, uh, they don't generally like you to uh, put uh, overly optimistic dates on there because by changing that date, you actually change the order in which things appear in search menus. And so yeah, I think they're very optimistic about it. Um, uh, based on some of the open doors we have, I think it's completely doable. I think it's very likely to happen. So 
I'm as excited as you are. And uh, hopefully at some point uh, we'll be able to sit down and watch the movie. Yeah, man, we're going to have to do, I want to come to your red carpet, man. Yeah, we're, we're planning on doing one in Austin. Okay. All right. We could, I can make Austin easy, man. They, yeah. uh, that's like two hours. I can do that. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a fun party. <laughs> All right, cool. That'll be sweet, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm very excited for you. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find that book and everything else you're working on? And you can find anything about me at michaelbunker.com. Of course, I'm on Amazon. Uh, just do a search on Michael Bunker. Uh, everything's there too. Uh, if you uh, sign up for my newsletter, which you can do at michaelbunker.com, you get free, free stuff, free books, and uh, and uh, you get emails from me every once in a while that are very rarely. I think I put out two since October, so it's not like I'm gonna bomb your uh, your email box. But, we gotta work on that. We gotta get you. You gotta get more emails out, man. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. We'll work on that. All right. Okay. And uh, everybody listening, if you uh, had any trouble, uh, there was maybe a glitch or you didn't, you were driving or whatever, uh, you can find that website plus more at the uh, at wordslingerpodcast.com. Look for the show notes for this episode. And Michael, man, thanks a lot for being on. I really appreciate it. I, I always have a good time talking to you. So Thanks for having me, buddy. Okay, everybody. Uh, right now, you are probably hearing the groovy bridge music. You may dance in place as well. And if you stick around, I'm sure to say something wise and profound after the break. So we'll see you there. Hear your book the way it was meant to be heard. With a fully custom soundtrack based on your material. An album of music that perfectly fits your characters, your settings. Hear your book today. Sonatainscribe.com. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Michael Bunker. Uh, I always love talking to Michael. We had a great conversation while I was in St. Louis uh, where he reached out to me about our joint project. So um, I wish I could tell you more about what that is, but it's it, you're, stick around. You'll hear, you're going to hear plenty about it <laughs> over the next, probably the next year or so. Um, but uh, that's a collaboration. I don't do a ton of collaborations. Um, for a good reason, but I've got some folks that I really am excited about doing some stuff with. Uh, I'm still, I'm going to pull my act together and do the, uh, the project with, uh, Roland Denzel, uh, which isn't necessarily a creative project, but it should help you out a little. Uh, I've got some stuff on the board with, uh, Ernest Dempsey. I got some stuff on the board with Nick Thacker. So I've, I've got my little cadre of bros <laughs> that I collab I'm going to collaborate with. These are all part of my elite. Um, and uh, I'm excited about it, but I, I do actually end up turning down a lot of uh, offers to collaborate on things, largely out of time. I don't have time. Um, but also because it, it's sometimes it's just not the right project. So I guess my word, my afterword here is, uh, you know, not everything is, is, worth uh pursuing not every project is worth pursuing so you're, you're going to need to look at an offer look at an opportunity use your brain and uh and consider you know does this move me forward on my goals does it meet my if i have a mission statement which you should um does this meet my mission statement does this produce in the world the effect that I want to have on the world does does this further me toward my mountain? If it doesn't, uh, don't choose that. 
if it does, even if there are other offers that might be more lucrative, uh, this might be the one to go with. If it moves you towards your goal rather than away and gets you there faster than even a more lucrative opportunity elsewhere, then you should consider it very strongly. That's my advice. So uh, maybe that didn't make sense. I don't, I'm not sure. You let me know. Uh, you can email me at, uh, if you go to wordslingerpodcast.com, click on contact. You can email me there. You can also reach out to me um, on social media, at Kevin Tumlins on Twitter, uh, t- uh, in on Facebook. I don't even remember anymore. Search for my name. You will find me on whatever platform you're on, uh, except Pinterest. Oh, no, you'll find me on Pinterest, too. I just don't, I don't know how to use Pinterest yet. Um, I mean, I can, I know how to use it. I don't know the best way to use it. <laughs> so anyway, check me out everywhere. Make sure you are subscribing to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, I'm on Spotify. So uh, wherever you're listening to actually, I listen to a lot of podcasts on Spotify now. Not every podcast is on Spotify, but I think I prefer it over uh, the uh, the Apple um, uh, podcasting app. And I know Stitcher is very popular. I tried Stitcher for a while and just didn't take. So, um, but make sure you're subscribing, and of course, subscribe on YouTube if you if you would, and I encourage others to do so as well. I'm trying to grow that audience. It's a little different. I I, I need to probably rethink my strategy on YouTube. So. I'm open to suggestions. I've had a lot of people, including Joe Russo, give me some really great tips um, on things I could probably do a lot better. So we'll see. So uh, that is it for this week in Wordslinger land. I hope you got something really uh, inspiring and useful out of this interview with Michael Bunker. Uh, I I love this guy, and I can't wait to see what we produce together. Um, So that's it for for today's episode. Take care of yourselves out there. God bless you. And uh, I'll see you all next time. Word slinger.